Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Come on in, take a seat, put your feet up, relax for the next hour or so as we do our best to put a smile on your face. Here at The Ralph Report is a brand new show for Tuesday, July 21st, the year of our Lord She's Moo 2020. All hell she's moved. It is right to give him thanks and praise, and every day I give thanks. For this guy sitting next to me, I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, and sitting here in the Batcave is the vice host himself, the man who is all seven of the most effective habits for successful broadcasting. It is Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Just having a little fun. Oh, Eddie's it's good times. Eddie's getting some advice on how to be a better uh, Broad- broadcaster yes. and broadcaster from people <laughs> corporate who have never really done it before. And he was telling me a story about that off the air, and I just smiled oh, it's because good times. I lived that life for almost two decades, and now I'm the guy who tells me what to do. And uh, I got to say, it feels kind of refreshing. It's nice because I've been that way my entire career, and now it feels like I'm going into the other, now which I don't you're like. Under the yoke, as like they it. say. When they used to put the burden, the beast of burden on the farm, oh. they put a yoke on him to make him pull the oh, plow. I hate it. Now you got the yoke on you. But not here, not at the Ralph Report. <laughs> We're all loosey-goosey on this show. And, well, frankly, it's obvious yeah. from the product. But we have a good time anyway. <laughs> and I think, kids, you're going to be glad that you chose today to listen to the Ralph Report. We have a hell of a show for you. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, it's Tuesday. We're taking a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs from all, all time. It is from the 1980s today, and I loved this show. You and I have never discussed it, Eddie Pence, so I'm not sure whether you were a fan or not. Sitcom, one hour? One hour action, crime, adventure, okay. fun show. All right. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Had two theme songs. Okay. So we're double dipping today all right. on TV Tunes Tuesday. Also, the entertainment news. we got your phone calls, of course. And then later on in the show, I'll be having a little conversation with my other podcast pal, Mr. Kevin Smith. He, of course, is having a lot of success right now over there on TBS, like tonight. They've got a show every Tuesday night called Celebrity Show Off, and he is on there uh, along with some other celebrities who are making content from their homes and competing for uh, the viewers' hearts in order to win money for some terrific charities. Nice. So we'll talk about his new sitcom, Son in Lockdown, which is sort of a uh, a throwback to those good old days of TGIF on ABC, yeah. and they used to have Family Matters and Full House <laughs> Look, and all that those kind the, of shows. I love that program. Yeah. It was good stuff. That was the, the pinnacle for me. You had me. a little cameo, too, which is nice. Yeah, I did last week. And so uh, Kevin's going to be on talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the return of Hollywood Babylon. Today, a brand new Hollywood Babylon dropped. So you can listen to Kevin and I. It's not Hollywood Babylon classic. It is a variation on a theme. We are doing something called the Caped Commentaries, where Kevin Smith and I are going to sit down and do commentary tracks for every 
episode of the Batman series from the 1960s. You're doing one episode per show? Uh, we're doing two episodes, two episodes per, per show, show because almost every episode was a two-parter with a, a doom trap oh, right. in the middle. <laughs> that's right. So we'll take you through two episodes. And uh, we're starting off with the uh, very first episode today, High Diddle Riddle, starring Frank Orshin as the Riddler. And then uh, the, the second half is called the uh, the Batman's in the middle or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll tell Batman you. got diddled? No, he well, never does. You <laughs> oh, son, right. you take that back. He diddles Robin. You that's son tough. of a bitch. I'm not above tossing your ass right out of here. Look around where you Come are. On. You are in a, you're in a church and you're making Jesus jokes. You, oh, is basically you what you're doing you right now. You shat on my Star Wars all the time. You don't even watch Mando. Well, we're not sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Well, when I can afford to buy a home, I'll have one. Yeah. With my $15 million that I'm apparently worth. So, yeah, that's right. I saw online you're worth 15 mil. <laughs> I didn't even know. Can I get a loan? Uh, so stick around later on the show. Kevin Smith's going to stop by and we're going to chat. It's a lot of fun. All right. Let's get to today's show. I think you're really going to like it. Stock guarantee. Because today, of all days... Lucky for you, mm-hmm. we're going to give away the Citizen of the Week Award. Every week we give away the Ralph Report Citizen of the Week to someone in the news who we think truly deserves it. And this week is no different. Today we are awarding the Ralph Report Citizen of the Week to a Ukrainian news anchor mm. named Marichka Padalko. Marichka Padalko. She is a lovely lady. By Ukrainian standards. <laughs> a sweet and, name. And she is a, uh, a broadcaster on Ukraine's TSN channel. And recently she was uh, given the news. She was dropping some facts on the people there. And in the midst of her live television broadcast, mm-hmm. her front tooth came out. Oh, God. Yes. She's speaking into the uh, camera, reading the teleprompter, and the, the front tooth just pops oh, out of God. her mouth. <laughs> and to her credit... Marichka Padalko, why she is the Citizen of the Week is she spit the tooth in her hand with a brief pause and then just kept right on going reading the wow, news. true pro. Had I been on live television <laughs> when my tooth popped out, I can't say that I would have remained as calm and composed as Marichka Padalko did. <laughs> she said herself, it's probably the most curious experience in 20 years as a presenter, she said. Here's what happened. Uh, she first broke that tooth 10 years ago when her daughter accidentally hit her in the mouth mm. with a heavy metal alarm clock, she mm. said. What's going on in that household? Yeah. Ooh. She recently had a radical repair on the tooth, and she said she had forgotten to avoid hard foods until it was completely fixed. I guess it was a temp. And so before she got on the air... For I'm 10 guess, years she was wearing a temp? Um, no. This, she's let it, she, had, she had it fixed, and then recently she had another fix oh, on it, but I guess they put a temp on there before I they see. had the, uh, the permanent tooth available. Okay. And so she uh, said she forgot to avoid hard foods, Oof. and apparently she was eating something hard before the broadcast because literally as she was talking, it popped out of her mouth, quite obviously, to everyone watching at home. And yet, she did not miss a beat. I was so damn impressed. Here's the audio of her actually uh, broadcasting. Now, you you can't see it, obviously, but you will hear the pause where she is spitting the tooth into her hand and then carrying on. <laughs> it is practically seamless. She truly is 
this week's Citizen of the Week. Not, not even wow. missing a beat. One more time. You can, just, you can just hear the pause. Yes. Wow. All those things. And that's a very important story she was talking about because, of course, I do speak Ukrainian. But <laughs> you'll have to find out for yourself. Search out that video online and check it out. She is remremarkably... Um, well, she's just she's a, a pro. She's a pro. She's like I'm being a head dip, and shoulders being above a dipshit comic. I would have called it out and then talked about it. Yeah, and I thought maybe she would too. When I first watched the video, and she spits in her hand, they're just gonna say, "Oh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> nope, just kept going. Just, wow. just the facts, man. Bro. That's all we're interested in. And so, once again, Marichka Badalko, congratulations for being this week's Citizen of the Week. Sure, that is the second highest moment in her 20-year career. First, <laughs> spitting out her tooth, and secondly, Excellent. being the Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. <laughs> All right, let's turn our attention to you guys. We love it when you reach out to us, whether it's via email, ralph at the ralphreport.com, eddie at the ralphreport.com, steve at the ralphreport.com. Those are our email addresses. You can reach us on social media as well, or you can do as many folks choose to do. Leave a message on the Ralph Report hotline. So simple to do. Just got to dial up the phone number. It's one 833 lot of range wow thank you i listen to them all then i pick a handful out and we put them here at the top of the show in garmy on the line the telephone is ringing the garmy's on the line ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind we got a call from Mike relaxing down there in Florida with his wife. He was a little unhappy with her choice of music. Hi, this is Mike from Davenport, Florida. I'm out in the, my backyard right now drinking, mm -hmm. playing a card game, oh, listening to some music. And what did my wife put on the shuffle playlist? Philadelphia fucking freedom. Oh, yeah. Gross. I'm a Cowboys fan. Ew. And I'm about to throw her phone in the fucking pool. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. Love you. Mean it. Bye. How awesome is that? You're I don't want to be anywhere near any of that. You're relaxing out there Ugh. in the backyard, enjoying yourself, and then one of the sweetest oh. summer songs of all comes on. Just ruin it. And he's a Cowboys fan, oh. so we get to troll a Cowboys fan. Oh. I love All terrible. Yeah. It's all awful. See, the uh, New York Giants have announced that much like Philadelphia, they will not be having crowds at their football games. I'll make either. that a more pleasant experience as well. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are the racists going to do? We don't even have yet? a name. We don't even have a name. They'll just just be known as the Washington racists, I well, think. They're not. Forevermore. They're not going to be racist. Have they announced whether they're going to let people get COVID at their games or not? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think they're having fans. I don't think the Nationals are having fans at their home games. However, if you are watching a Washington football game, getting COVID may be the most pleasant oh part of that God, experience. Stop. That might be the upside 
at the end of that oh, at the end of that no. football contest. We have a good team. Ron Rivera is going to coach us up well. Wow, you! I'm very on board with Ron Rivera. You are the ultimate Kool Aid drinker. You're I, just... Dan Snyder can eat it, but Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. All right. Uh, how many Super Bowls did he win with uh, Carolina when he was down? He there? lost okay. one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. But the Skins have won three. I have that to hold on. I to. I don't understand the uh, the equation. There's there. no equation. It's just fandom. We have three Super Bowls. You guys have one. All right. How long ago was the last? Doesn't one? matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Just curious. You're just looking at numbers. I was just three curious. to one. All right. Mm. Uh, we've been talking about songs that make you cry here. People have been calling in with their sad songs. I'm going to cry. Pat has gone to shit. <laughs> Pat has called in with this one, and I don't know if I can play it. I don't, I don't know if I can play any of it, because this <laughs> is certainly one that triggers me for sure. Oh, man. Hi, Ralph. Yo-ho, Eddie. This is Pat in New Jersey. Um, for saddest songs, I would like to recommend Lullaby by Billy Joel. Used to make me cry uh, when my high school girlfriend broke up with me. Love you guys. Mean it. Bye. Lullaby is a song by Billy Joel off of his River of Dreams album. And here's, I guess I should make this confession. I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Yeah. I know it's not really cool. I like Billy Joel. But I have every single one of his albums. He's one of the few artists where I, I own everything he's ever released. And this song is stunningly beautiful and yet breaks my heart every time. He wrote it for his daughter. And having a daughter myself, hell, I cried even before I had a daughter with this song. It's just beautiful. A parent saying goodnight to their child. It works whether you got a son or a daughter, if you ever were a son or a daughter. Here's just a little bit. This is all I can play. This is the maximum amount I can get through before I'm reduced to a puddle of tears. Billy Joel's Lullaby. Good night, my angel, time to close your eyes And save these questions for another day I think I know what you've been asking me I think you know what I've been trying to say I promised I would never leave you and you should always know Wherever you may go No matter where you are I never will be far away Ah, oh, forget it. Mm. Forget mm. it. Mm. It's good stuff there. So, uh, yeah, Pat, well done. <laughs> Good Thanks. job. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much. I'm going to go take a nap Appreciate now. it. I'll be back later to finish the show. <laughs> I know it's going to pick us up. What? Impressions from the oh, Garmy. That'll do it. That'll do it. As you know, Garmy's Got Talent has been a recurring <laughs> segment here on the show, and we seem to be leaning heavy when it comes to impressions. I think people are inspired by the previous work of Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear here. And uh, what was his name? Sean Connery? That says Sean Connery here. Ah. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're starting to get the A-listers, though. Yeah, we are. are Big, we? Yes. Oh, now <laughs> the real stars are showing up. This one, I got to say, is pretty goddamn good. Hi, Ralph. It's Blady the Dinosaur here. 
<laughs> Yo, Eddie. <laughs> Barney. It's like he ran out of air. Yeah, he ran out of material. I know that much. <laughs> Barney the dinosaur. I haven't heard from him in a while. Barney the big purple dinosaur. That actually sounds exactly like Barney the dinosaur. Close. That was pretty good. And I'm a sucker for a good obscure impression. And this one certainly qualifies because she hasn't really been on the uh, public uh, radar for years. The uh, singer Macy Gray. Oh. Hi, Ralph. It's Macy Gray. I try to say goodbye and I choke. <laughs> try to walk away and I stumble. So I try to hide it. It's clear. My work comes and you hide out there. You believe I actually practiced that? LMB. <laughs> Sounds like the Christmas poo. South Park. Mr. Hanky. <laughs> My favorite part is he chokes on the word choke in the lyric. Let me play that for you again. I try to say goodbye and I choke. <laughs> oh, damn it. We got fun. And uh, lastly, we have time to squeeze in a where did it come from with this call. Hey, Ralph. Uh, my girlfriend and I were just talking about uh, the meaning of the word rain check. Um, so I thought maybe you could uh, check that out for, uh, you know, where to come from in that. Thanks, man. LMB. You got it. From time to time, we'd like to give you the definitions and origins of idioms we use every day without really knowing why. It's time for Where Did That Come From? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking know. No. Ah! Rain check. I'll take a rain check. Mm -hmm. Or I'll give you a rain check. We've all said it. Rain check. You know what it means? It means you can, uh, you get a a mulligan. You get a chance to redeem that for a later time, right? Yeah, I'll pay you later. Or Or if 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 you're making plans, they say, hey, you want to go out to dinner tonight? Oh, can I get a rain check? Yeah, we'll do it again later. Usually it just signifies that it's not that you don't want to spend time with that person, but circumstances are dictating that you just can't do it at that time, but you'd like another opportunity. Why do we say rain check and where does it come from? Hmm. Well, interestingly enough, that term appeared here in the United States. We don't have a lot of these idioms that start here. Usually they start in England England, or someplace like that. But this is unique to the United States. It started in the 1890s because when patrons would buy a ticket for a baseball game that got postponed due to rain, the team would give everyone in the stadium a rain check, meaning they could come back to the makeup game when it was played without further payment. So you wouldn't have to buy a second ticket. You would just be able to use your rain check to come back into the stadium and watch watch the team finish the game. So it became known as the rain check because obviously the rain would stop the game, but also a check symbolizing like when you write a check for money, this is a promissory note good for right. the value of whatever you wrote on there. So IOU that, almost. Exactly. It was an IOU for another game. Yeah. And it took off and people started using it. So now they use it in stores. I mean, if you go to get an item that's on sale and they're out of stock, they'll give you a rain check for that, meaning you can come back and buy it at the same price you would have had it been available. Hmm. You don't have to pay the full price. So rain check has caught on and had sort of a universal term that we use all the time now. But in reality, it started off as a baseball term back in the late 1800s. Makes sense. Baseball's an American sport. So, oh, yeah. Pastime. <laughs> I'm just saying it was a sport born in America, So and rain check was from an American sport. So, of course, rain check would come as an American. Exactly. And one of the few sports that people have to stop because they don't want to get wet. Ooh, I can't play. It's wet. I'm getting rained on. 
Uh, let's stop. Yeah. Come back later. Okay. Are you done? Just saying. Just baseball, man. I know. We're That's getting the it problem. Back. We're getting it back on Thursday. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Some normalcy. Baseball. It's something. All right. It's, it's something. It, I'll give you that. It's it something. certainly is something. As compared to nothing. As compared to nothing, it's something. It is more it's than not nothing. Anything. It is anything. It's anything. It's something. It's not not anything. And that's where that came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? And save your hate mail. Save your hate calls. <laughs> all you baseball fans, I accept your love for the game. And I would ask you to extend me the same courtesy of understanding yeah. that I have no time. I feel the same way for soccer. No time. I have actually learned to appreciate mm. soccer more. I appreciate more the athleticism. Than and, I used to. And the love that people have for it. It's just not a game I can sit through. I, That's I, all. You know, what, you know what turned me on to it was Olivia playing at school. Yeah. Because that forced me to sort of talk to her coaches and understand the finer points of the game. And yeah. really, it's just hockey on grass. Eh, this, the positions are similar. I know it's similar. You got the goalie. You got the you got the defense. You got the forwards. It's really pretty much hockey's so much more fun to watch. It's a slower, bigger <laughs> hockey. So why would you on watch grass. that? When you can watch a smaller, faster, more exciting version. But at least it ends in ties. So it's got that going for it. <laughs> All right, now it's time for us to take a look. Oh, I forgot! I forgot this part. Oh, what? You too can be featured on. The Garmy on the Line segment. Thanks to everybody who called in. If you would like to hear your voice on the show, look, I can't come to your house and drag it out of you. You got to meet me halfway. You got to call me. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look at the huge calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. Every day of the calendar year has some holidays associated with it. Now, we don't think all of those are legitimate holidays. So what we like to do is break them down for you into ones we'll accept and ones that we don't. They're holiday or holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today, July 21st, is the day of a spectacularly poorly named holiday, and yet a very important holiday. Hmm. It is National Be Someone Day. National Be Someone Day. I can't think of a more vapid, innocuous, just lame name for a holiday than be someone what's the holiday for well that's the thing it's it's actually an excellent cause they're asking people to take a pledge on this mm -hmm. day that they will do everything in their power to report child abuse when they come up against it oh. they say on july 21st take the pledge to be the person that can make the difference in a child's life be prepared to report when a child trusts you enough to tell you they're experiencing abuse just the 10 seconds you spend being observant and listening to a child can change their life. So they would like you to be more open to kids who may be struggling with child abuse on Be Someone Day. Yeah, it needs a more focused name. Goddamn right it does. Because if I saw Be Someone Day, I'd say, why don't you be in my pants right <laughs> it's here? It's almost like a self-confidence, like a self-affirmation yeah. day. I'm going to be someone. <laughs> That's not... That's me the old Lily Tomlin joke. She said, you know, I've, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be someone. I should have been more specific. <laughs> 
I know what she means. Yes. So it's uh, be someone day again. Work on that. Yeah. That's an important cause. Here are the uh, five steps they say you should take to prepare for be someone day. Learn the facts about child abuse. So in essence, learn uh, what the warning signs may be and what to look for. Uh, Minimize opportunity for kids to be abused by keeping them out of dangerous situations. Talk about it with children. Know the signs and react responsibly if uh, there's a child in your sphere of influence that you run across that may be suffering at the hands of uh, of an adult, maybe even someone that they trust. So yeah. these are all excellent points. But again, an awful, awful name yeah, not good. on National Be Someone Day. Not good. How about National Make a Difference Day? Make a difference day. National Protect a, a Kid Day. Even Be There Day. <laughs> be Someone Day. So dumb. So I like the holiday, Yeah, but I cannot co-sign the name. No. <laughs> Name's torn. Name's it's a push. Terrible. It's like soccer. It's a tie. <laughs> and then a tie. Today's also National Junk Food Day, Eddie Pants. I'm all about that. Yeah. Really? I like some junk food. Do we need a National no, Junk we Food don't. Day, however? Not in this country, we don't. To give people, in, this, in the words of this holiday, permission to chow down on the foods no. that aren't good for us. Junk foods containing high fats, sugars, salts, and calories, and very little nutritional value. Do, do us, does America no. need another opportunity to no. engage in that behavior? We need enough of that. Yeah. Turns out that junk food really didn't come about until after World War II. That's when that industry took off. Hmm. And that's when uh, prepackaged and easy-to-prepare foods took off. because of preservatives pumped in your food. Yeah, a lot of uh, guys came home from World War II, and they moved out into the suburbs, and it became a, a country of convenience, and yeah. there was a big economic boom. And so rather than have to go through the heartbreak of making a meal from scratch, you could watch a <laughs> TV dinner or get your food out of a package yeah. or a bag or a box. We need a national Don't Eat Junk Food Day. That's what I'm saying. Junk foods, by the way, came, uh, came about in the 70s, the, the term. Michael Jacobson is a microbiologist who's credited with coming up with that phrase. He also started a campaign to help curb American appetites for high sugar, high salt, high preservative foods. And well played, Dr. Jacobson. You did a great job. You <laughs> certainly succeeded Very successful. There. You know what the problem is? Well, Not to soapbox this, but it's the damn prices of food that is... Healthy food's expensive. So expensive. And more so now than ever. Yeah, bad food's cheap and easy. That's what it, that's what it, and when you're a work two working parents and you got two three kids at home you got to make them dinner it's quicker to get cheap and you got to make your Bad kid food. a meal from scratch it's too much. if you're buying organic vegetables or meat or whatever yeah. versus a happy meal that comes in a box and you can just hand it to your kid and it costs you yeah four ninety nine or whatever yeah, well, you're working on a budget yeah it's easier to pick up fast food yeah that's wrong we got to fix that yeah anyway I'm rejecting this. <laughs> Hey, in Singapore, today's Racial Harmony Day, Eddie Pence. Oh, just in Singapore? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can adopt it here if we like, but it is specifically a Singaporean holiday, oh, okay. if that is the right phrase. A lot of different races in Singapore? No, it comes down to two specific races. Okay. On this day in 1964, they had the Singapore race riots, which mm. is a big blot on their, their national history. It was between the Malays... This was back when Singapore was still part of Malaysia. So the Malays and the Chinese squared off and there were riots in the streets. And so the government has come forward and said, let's celebrate that day as a day of racial harmony because we've come so far since those riots to celebrate the fact that these two races can coincide, nay, even flourish in each other's company here in Singapore. Well, that's good if they did. It is. Of course, Singapore. Did they? I don't know if they have. Well, they kind of have to because Singapore is legendarily restrictive when it comes to freedom of speech and freedom of the press and and civil rights right so 
I think they just told him, get your shit together or get else there's hell to pay. Everybody. I don't know if you know some of the laws uh, in Singapore, the no. draconian methods. That's that one they... you can't like spit, right? You get like oh, yeah. deep shit if you spit on spit the... Spit is against the law. Yeah. Gum is oh, that's illegal right. Gum. That's right. Gum in is. Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, there's no laws about it. It's illegal. It's illegal. You can't bring it into the country, Eddie. That's if you have a pack of juicy fruit in your luggage it's when you go to Singapore, you're confiscated <laughs> and might have to do some splaining to the wow. local authorities. If you are caught defacing property, maybe scrawling graffiti on yeah. the side of a building, yeah. that is, that is punishable by caning. Oh, they take a rattan cane and oh. they whack your body with it. Did we get somebody caned over there sometimes? Yeah, yeah there was an American kid over there. a poster there. or something. Or yeah, he got something. caned. Oof. That, that is their primary way of disciplining kids over there, too. Getting they say if you go cane. to a supermarket, you'll see big bags, uh, big uh, uh, barrels of canes there. Low-priced canes that parents can pick up on the way home. <laughs> Just, oh, you know what I forgot to do today? I forgot to beat the kids. Oh. You know what? While I'm picking up some, some mangoes, canes while you're at the store, while well, I'm getting some mangoes, I'm going to pick up a couple canes too, so I can really show the kids who's I broke the, the last one. Uh, drugs in Singapore. Yeah. Not only are they illegal, but if you take a drug at the airport in America and you go to Singapore mm -hmm. and you still have drugs in your system, you're still punishable by law for having taken drugs someplace else. <sighs> they can have spontaneous. Drug tests on tourists and citizens in Singapore. Citizens of another country. Oh yeah. If you if you show wow. up in Singapore, they can pull you aside and drug test you. And if you show up positive, you're going to jail. Why would you ever go to Singapore? It sounds bad. There's no reason to go to Singapore. Well, the upside is uh, gay sex is uh, punishable by two years in prison. There's no you, reason to go to Singapore. So it sounds now sounds fun. <laughs> sounds like a great place. Unless you're a gum chewing, <laughs> gay graffiti artist. <laughs> Who likes to smoke dope? And then I would definitely stay at it. Not your job. Singapore is not your town. All right. At this point, we'd like to take a food-related holiday and run it past Daddy Pence to see if it's something that he would eat or perhaps stick up his ass or pull out of his ass. <clears throat> Today's no different. We'll throw the food at Eddie, see if he likes it. And how we find out is by pulling the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If we get a jackpot on that slot machine, that means Eddie would eat it. Ooh. However, if the reels come up mismatched, then there's no jackpot. Well, it's like a soccer game that ends in a tie. Everyone leaves Ew. disappointed. <laughs> Today, goes this call goes out to all of our listeners down under, down there in Australia. This is an Aussie holiday. Oh, okay. And so we have a lot of Australian listeners. I thought they'd get a kick out of us celebrating Lamington Day. Lamington Day. Lamington Day. Okay. Good old Lamington. Now, if you've never heard of a Lamington yellow. before. Is it yellow? Why? It just sounds yellow. Lamington sounds like something that's yellow colored. I can't even. I don't know. That's the color that into my head when you said lamington. Like it sounds yellow. How? <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know why. But How just, does something sound a color that by yellow. its name? That sounds yellow. Like that doesn't sound. Stop red. repeating it as if that explains it. Stop saying that sounds yellow. But it doesn't sound red. Doesn't sound blue. Green sounds yellow. Lamington. Why? I don't. Almost a Manila color. <laughs> Why does lamington sound like any color to know. you? I've that's, given you nothing more than simply the name of the food. Maybe that's a new quiz show we could do. What color does it sound like? <laughs> Eddie Pence can hear colors. <laughs> You're like one of those savants that <laughs> sees music. You know, oh, I can see the music in the air oh, when I listen to note. it. You hear colors. Sounds yellow. I don't know. I'm just putting you it out there. mental case. 
<laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing you have ever said on two years of this show, and that's saying something. I am aghast. I'm just saying. We'll see if it's true or not. It's not true. Oh, I can tell you right it. now. It's damn not it. yellow at all. Not even in the range of yellow, Manila-ish? No. Peach colored? It is an Australian cake that is- Yellow cake? Well, it starts off as a sponge or butter cake, ah. but then it's coated in a layer of chocolate sauce. Okay. And then the chocolate sauce gets absorbed into the sponge cake, so it fills up the the sponginess of okay. the sponge cake. So it's a chi- and then they chill it and it becomes solid. So it's like a solid chocolate sponge cake. Uh, okay. And then it's rolled in. Why well, de- just make a chocolate cake? Because it's better to have chocolate sauce <laughs> in like your an cake. Extra step. Well, you that- just pour it in the batter and make the cake chocolate. Do you put icing on a chocolate cake? Yeah. Why? It's already chocolate. But not to make the cake more chocolate. You know, yeah, not you to do. make it chocolate. That's exactly you why you add put an it extra on. layer of chocolate. Well, that's what they're putting on well, here. No, they're this... putting an extra layer of chocolate on sponge cake to make it chocolatey. No, it's, it's seeping into the sponge cake to make the sponge cake then chocolate. <laughs> then they roll it in desiccated coconut. Ooh, my favorite kind what's of What's desiccated coconut? coconut? Uh, it's dried. It's a uh, crunchy powdered uh, coconut okay. rolled in that. So, uh, yeah. So that is lamington. Not yellow at all. In fact, it's quite chocolate. It's chocolate brown. I, I guess think, brown with a color. I'd be to describe <laughs> it. It may start off yellow or white ish. There's some other flavors, by the way. You say you can put in uh, cream or jam or something else, but uh, traditionally it is chocolate and uh, then dusted with desiccated coconut. Lamington Day is the day we celebrate this Australian taste treat. I would like to have some Lamington right now. Is Eddie Pence going to eat some? There's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. One Lamington, two Lamington. No more Lamingtons. If if it didn't have coconut on it, I would eat it. Look, this isn't. If we could do the not in the non the desiccated desiccated coconut. If we get rid of that, I would eat it because it sounds good up to that point. I just don't like coconut. Can't abide it. But you're thinking of like shaved coconut, big, big, big flaky big almond joy, flaky flakes of coconut. Yeah. It's not that. It's not the chewy coconut at all. It's desiccated. It's uh, it's almost dehydrated. It's it's, so redu- it's powdery. It's reduced to its most solid. Right. So it's not. But it it's, still tastes like coconut. Well, yeah. But but I don't like coconut, coconut and chocolate are have an mm, age old relationship. No, not in my book that I wrote about chocolate. <laughs> Story of Chocolate by Eddie Pence. <laughs> Please pick up his new his new book. That sounds yellow. I have a whole volume of them. You can get that at Amazon.com. <laughs> you are nuts. And that was Holiday or Holiday. Let's play a game tomorrow. <laughs> I'm announcing the Garmy game show tomorrow. We're going to play. I'm going to name Eddie some foods he's never heard of, and he has to tell me what color they <laughs> sound like. Because that could be fun. That was a goddamn miracle right there. <laughs> hey there, it's Ralph Garmin here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? 
go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beats. Well, it looks like Kanye West may have wasted his time with that big campaign rally down there in South Carolina. Oh, no. Yeah, the uh, big birthday party event he had down there. Yeah. Not that it was his birthday or anything. Don't be confused. That's just the name of his political party. <laughs> he, call, he calls it the birthday party because when he wins, it's going to be everybody's yeah. birthday. Uh, yeah, he had a big event down there, mm-hmm. and uh, he cried, and he was horrible, uh, uh, un- unhinged, and yes, it was all very disturbing. But it turns out he missed the cut in South Carolina to get on the ballot. Oh. He needed ten thousand signatures to petition as a candidate by uh, by midnight, apparently, and he didn't uh, bother to get traditional signatures or digital signatures or signatures of any kind. None were turned in, so he is no longer... None were turned in? No, no. So he's not eligible to be, to, to be a candidate in the state where he had his campaign rally. What the hell is he doing? Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, he announced he wants Jay-Z as his yes, running I've mate. Yes, I've heard that one. But Jay-Z has not commented yet on whether he wants to hitch his his mule to that wagon. Jay-Z has to, like, just come out and put Apparently they haven't even talked in years. (laughs) So. And it's not even funny anymore because, as like we mentioned yesterday, he's obviously in the middle of a real, genuine episode. Mm -hmm. And yet, and all I keep reading is, his friends and family are concerned. This is beyond the concerned level. Kim Kardashian hasn't said a thing. No. That's his wife. The mother of his children has not said a word and on her keep, social media, nothing. They keep letting him go out and do things. He's got no one that loves him. Not a single person on this planet. And they him. say, you know, they keep approaching him and saying, you know, you should get some help. And he keeps saying, no, well, of course not. He's off his meds and he's off his nuts. So yeah. those people don't voluntarily get help. No. He's almost going to be like... I mean, what, what 5150 is a voluntary thing. You go in and get 5150, right? Or whatever. Uh, no, is. no. 5150 is just uh, being held by medical facility right, for psychological he's gotta, evaluation. He's not going to commit himself. Someone they have. Someone has to commit him. Yeah. So oh. maybe his running mate Jay Z can step in. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, when it comes to movie news, this is disappointing for a ton of people. Warner Brothers has announced that the new film by great filmmaker Christopher Nolan, Tenet, has been put on the shelf indefinitely regarding its theatrical release mm. here in the United States. That's supposed to be the big one that was coming back. That was going to save movie theaters. Yeah. That it can only be seen on the big screen, and it is a sci-fi thriller. And apparently it's going to be bringing people back to the theaters in droves. And now because of the uncertainty regarding when theaters will reopen, Warner Brothers saying, we're not even going to put a release date on this any longer. We're just going to hold off. Mm -hmm. However, they said they may be released in what they call an unconventional theatrical rollout. Meaning that if theaters are reopening in China and Asian markets like South Korea, they might put the film there first and then just withheld withhold it for release in the United States until they have... We can't get our shit together. We don't deserve movies. I think that's kind of what they're saying. Yeah. It's like, you know, if other countries are good to go... Let them have it. You know, a lot of these kinds of films earn a ton of their uh, yeah. percentage at the box office with an international... In Asian markets and stuff. ...release. Yeah. So I think they're allowing themselves the out to uh, release it in other countries before it. it happens. We're too stupid to get our shit together. Here in the United States. They also said that Conjuring 3, which was supposed to be released on September 11th of this year has been moved to June 4th of next year, so you won't be seeing that anytime soon. So we'll keep you posted if you can see it sooner than later. 
I hope so. A lot of people are looking forward to it. I mean, it's very cloaked in secrecy. Nobody really knows exactly what it's about. And, an, and a Christopher Nolan film you want to see on the big screen. Yeah. His no, movies who's are, more cinematic than Christopher his, Nolan? Yeah, his movies are made for that. Yeah. Here's a movie that I hope we don't see on the big screen. They've just announced the director for Summer Lovin'. <laughs> Summer Lovin', of course, is the prequel oh, yeah, to yeah. Grease that is going to be released by Paramount Pictures. The uh, it's director. That's where, where they drowned, right? No. See, that's the problem. If in Eddie Pence's world, <laughs> Summer Lovin' would be a story about a young boy and a girl meeting in the 1950s and then drowning at the beach. And that would be the end of the story. But apparently, Eddie, they uh, they lived on to go okay. to Rydell High right. and, sure. and, and do the hand jive. Sure. And then float away in a car. That's right. Normal. The director is a guy named Brett Haley, mm -hmm. who has directed several films that I've never heard of. Hearts Beat Loud and The Hero are uh, two of his bigger releases. Nope. And so he will be helming the Grease prequel Summer Lovin' featuring Danny and Sandy and their summer fling, the one they tell everybody about when they get back to school. Full-on musical? Fall, Full-on musical. That's a big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, Brett Haley, again, I've never heard, about, heard of him before, but apparently he has no interest in continuing a career as a film director, so he's just signed on to this because <laughs> this is career suicide for almost anyone who would take on this no-win situation. Yeah, that is a lose-lose if there ever was one. How do you recapture the phenomenon that was Greece in the 1970s? You don't. You let that you're sit You're not going to get there. No. It's a, it's not a, you're not, not going to recapture the music. You're not going to recapture the performances. It's that just, was a moment in time yeah. that we all shared, and it's lovely, and it's fun to look back in the sense of nostalgia, but that none of that is, is recreatable. No, I mean, Mary Poppins Returns was okay, but it doesn't it's just another blip in the... Right. Only you know. in the sense that it was sort of a tip of a cap to the original. Yeah. And with Emily Blunt kind of doing a Julie Andrews impression, and they recreated the big tentpole moments of that feature film. This is just a hint. No. It's pointless. Yeah. And speaking of pointless, now we know what we're up against, Eddie Pence. We've mm -hmm. got more competition. What? Today, a brand new podcast has landed. Uh-oh. It is called Mama Knows Best, and it's hosted by Addison Ray and her mother, Sherry Nicole. Do Oops. any of those names mean anything to Not you? Not a thing. Addison Ray, Eddie Pence. Yeah. See? Shows how out of it you are, I'm man. very out of it. She is the second most popular TikTok star in the world. Oh. She has roughly 52 million followers on oh. TikTok. Oh, my God. And often her mother will jump in and join her in her TikTok videos. Yeah. And they're so wildly popular that Spotify has announced they're giving them their own podcast, a weekly podcast called Mama Knows Best. Mm. Let me describe it to you, if you don't mind. Mama Knows Best will bring the mother-daughter conversation from the Easterlings' home, that's their last name, to listeners. An extraordinary fly on the wall listening to the relationship between the most famous TikTok mother and daughter pair in the world. What? Are they going to talk about? I give it four episodes where they get bored and stop, and people stop even tuning in. I looked at her work on TikTok yeah. because I, like you, was clueless. <laughs> it's strictly her mimicking, lip-syncing to songs That's and, all TikTok and dancing. Is. That's it's all TikTok the is. The vast majority yeah. of it is. But I thought maybe she was some sort of content creator, and that's what led them to say, we have to give them a shit ton of money to do a podcast on Spotify. But she strictly 
does Ugh. TikTok moves to songs that she's lip syncing to, and then mom jumps in there, and mom looks like she is the driving force behind this oh, desperate started, need yeah. for attention. And she is, a, she look, she's a very pretty 19 year old girl who, uh, who shakes her ass to video, to, to music in videos. But if she's just lip syncing, you don't even know what her voice sounds like. And now they're going to have a podcast? They got nothing to say. I know that much. Wow. So I like to officially announce nothing means anything anymore. So <laughs> oh, I man. guess, I guess you can listen to that if uh. you want to. But I'm, I was flummoxed. That's of all the media, medium. What have you? Whatever the options yeah. to offer them a job. That seems in, the weirdest one. This seems the worst. Why don't you have them write an opera? <laughs> it's, it would be the same level of difficulty for someone who simply <laughs> shakes their ass to Kanye songs in a video. Oh, I don't. It's insane. It's really insane because it doesn't transfer. The no. the followers don't transfer to the different mediums. No. All right, here's more bad news. John Boyega has said he has moved on from his Star Wars character. Okay. He has left the character of Finn from the most recent Star Wars films behind and has no intention of ever revisiting the character sure. of Finn. Sure, sure. Look, man, he said, no, Right. thank you, I've moved on, uh-huh. heart emoji. Okay. And when you put a heart emoji behind a statement, Eddie, That's a stamp right that there. means it counts. <laughs> He was on his Instagram, and then one Instagram follower said, oh, really? You got those Disney bucks, and then you just left. Boy, uh, Boyega said, nope, not at all. Just not into playing one role for too long. I have more to offer than that. That's all. So He's a talented actor. He he's does. He's a very talented um, actor. But if Disney throws a boatload of money at him later on, I don't see him not Nope. Hard emoji, Eddie Pence. Sorry, I guess it's done. Finn is no longer. Okay. And Oscar Isaac has also uh, expressed similar sentiments, right. that he has no interest in revisiting... Uh, Paco or whoever, whatever pa- he po played. Dameron. Po Po Paco. Po Po Po. It's not Po Po. Oh. It's Po Dameron. So they're not, none of them are coming back. It's because uh, John Boyega's character Finn was a very interesting character. Yeah, a stormtrooper turncoat. Is I think very he had the most interesting arc, like the the freshest arc. Yeah, that of, they dropped the ball on. I think. Yeah, but maybe you're right. It would have been an interesting character study. Yeah. I also agree. Oh, God. I excuse me, excuse me. I couldn't help it over here. Uh huh. You're talking about it. Yeah. I. I would like to officially announce that I am throwing my hat in the ring to take over the role of Finn. Um, Since Mr. Boyega, a very talented actor, is no longer interested in participating in the franchise, I am more than willing to play Finn. Perhaps a, a an older Finn, perhaps someone who is who has seen some things, perhaps a, he's changed through through the horrors of things he has witnesses, uh-huh. and now he is... He's he's grizzled. I'd like to play grizzled Finn. Grizzled Finn. Yes. What makes you think you're qualified for that role? Well, because first of all, my knowledge of of Star Wars is second to none, mm-hmm. and also I'm quite handy with a lightsaber. Um. Okay. I, they they alluded that Finn might be force sensitive in the Rise of Skywalker. That's we, what I'm is talking that about. The path he would follow yes, with your of interpretation of Finn. He was yeah. obviously on his way to become a Jedi, and so I would like to fulfill that promise by becoming Grizzled Finn, Jedi Knight. And I would. I and I'm hoping Disney will agree with my choice to do the performance in blackface. I. That's another I think, question I was going to ask. If the I think, fandom would I think they'd that. be down with that. They really would. I think they would. Back me 100%. You should put a tape out, an audition I tape. I think that's an excellent idea. I would, 
You know what? I'm going to go right now and work on that. I'm gonna, That's a great idea. Can we post it on your show when I do that? No, we're good. But good. best of luck with that on your own social media. That'll be fine. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, we won't, won't be putting that on the Patreon site. He's in for a surprise. Yeah, I don't think he follows uh, current events very much. Doesn't get out of the basement. Hey, speaking of things Disney, it yep. uh, looks like Avengers are assembling again. Oh, but it's all around this six-year-old Bridger Walker. Bridger, we talked about him before, was the six-year-old boy who intervened in between himself and his baby sister to stop her from being attacked by a dog. Mm -hmm. And he was attacked himself, got bitten in the face pretty badly. If you look at those... Uh, yeah, he did. Those stitches and everything. It's terrifying as a parent to see uh, that poor kid get, who got mauled. But we mentioned last week that um, Chris Evans stepped up in a big way yeah. and said, I'm, you're a hero and I'm going to be sending you a Captain America shield, an authentic Captain America shield. Well, not to be undone, now Tony Stark has to get involved. Oh, really? Robert Downey Jr. also <laughs> reached out to Bridger Walker. Seems like all the Avengers are starting to compete now about who can be cooler to this kid. Here's a little bit of Downey uh, making a promise to young Bridger Walker. Bridger, you're a rock star. My name's Robert Downey Jr. I play Tony, makes me an old friend of Cap's. I hear he sent a shield your way. I'm going to do one better. You call me on your next birthday. I got something special for you. Late. By the way, that's a promise. Promise beats a shield. Promise beats a shield, he said. So he didn't really say ex explicitly what he'd be doing for Bridger. But right. It'll be something special. But Chris Evans stayed in character. He said he was Captain America. Yeah, I, I was a little disappointed by that, that he didn't say, hey, it's Tony Stark it's Tony here. Stark. Because he's a six-year-old kid. He buys into it. But maybe he knows that Tony Stark is dead, so he'd be scared. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Tony Stark. Get a flashlight under his chin. <laughs> kid would be terrified <laughs> because he knows yeah, it was just he, that, one, that one scenario where the, that Thanos could be overtaken. put it together that Chris Evans wasn't an old man at the end of Endgame. I don't know how the kid thinks. Okay. He's six. All right. It's not my place to figure right. out. I just think it's a nice gesture it from uh, Robert Downey Jr., Unfortunately, uh, Bridger just had a birthday, so he's going to have to wait a whole year to cash oh, in on that promise. That sucks. That's going to be a long wait for that kid. And lastly, in the world of collectibles, did you ever want to give Marilyn Monroe a pearl necklace? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I me think so. too. Yeah. Well, you can't because she's no longer with us. That's but you can have Marilyn Monroe's pearl necklace. She can give me so a pearl inclined. necklace. She can give you one. <laughs> this is the famous pearl necklace that she wore on her very last photo shoot. It's famously known as The Last Sitting with legendary fashion photographer Burt Stern and she is very famously wearing in those photos a uh, pearl necklace and that necklace is now going up for auction along with the camera that actually shot those photos and the pearl earrings that she wore as well. So um, you know Marilyn Monroe is one of those personalities that her memorabilia stuff still brings top dollar yeah. at auction. She has never really diminished no. in terms of her popularity. They're saying the camera alone will fetch about $60,000 to its place in pop culture. The earrings are expected to go for about fifty, and uh, only about 8000 for the necklace. More than the earrings? That's what, surprised, the earrings are more that's than what the surprised necklace? me. That's weird. Yeah, I, I think these numbers are going to go up. We'll wait and see what the final number is. The uh, auction opens tomorrow. So you, if you want Marilyn Monroe to give you a pearl necklace, you can just go <laughs> check that out. Uh, she's got a, some other clothes and some pants and things and everything that are supposed to be... Yeah going for big money too so if you want a piece of Marilyn here's your chance now Annie up now it's time to take a look at the celebrity birthdays all these stars were born on July 21st oh speaking of sad songs 
Yusuf Islam was born on this day 72 years ago. You may know him better by his professional name, Cat Stevens is the singer-songwriter out of the UK. He's 72 today. This song also heartbreaking. It's not time to make a change. Just relax, take it easy. You're still young, that's your fault. There's so much you have to know. No, oh, that song kills me. Can't do, that song kills can't me. do any more than that. That's Oof. my maximum. Cartoonist Gary Trudeau from Doonesbury is 72. Comedian John Levitz. I'm an asshole. <laughs> he is 63 years old today. He really, folks, I know you've heard me joke before, and I, so I want to say this in all seriousness. He's genuinely a prick. Yeah. He is legitimately not a good person. I can verify that. Yeah. Singer Emerson Hart of the band Tonic is 51 today. If you could only see the way she loves me, then maybe you would understand. Actor Justin Bartha from the Hangover films, also National Treasure. Don't forget that. Oh, yes. yes. Nick Cage's wingman. That's that right. Movie. 42 years old today. Josh Hartnett is also 42. Drummer Will Berman of MGMT is 38. Actress Betty Gilpin from Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. You ever watch that series? I never watched the Netflix series. Yeah, it's very entertaining. 34 years old. Singer-guitarist Eric Bazilian of the Hooters is 67 today. Tell me you can't live without me. Actress Allie Landry is 47. Legendary movie director Norman Jewison is 94 years old today. Mm. Gave us Moonstruck and Fither on the Roof. So many films. And singer Fitz of Fitz and the Tantrum celebrates his 50th today. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And because it's Tuesday, now it's time for us to do a deep dive into a classic TV show and theme song. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. today's Ralph Report. You like that, Eddie? I like that one. Yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> As I mentioned, today's show comes from the 1980s. It came from the mind of Stephen J. Cannell. He is one of the great TV creators of all time. It's so impressive when you look at the list of TV shows that he either created or co-created, especially during the 70s and 80s. That was his mm. prime period. I mean, Rockford Files and Black Sheep Squadron and Beretta and Greatest American Hero and The A-Team and 21 Jump Street. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And this particular series comes from the early 1980s. This is after Cannell left Universal. He was working with them for a long time. And then he started his own company, Stephen J. Cannell Productions. 
His very first series was called Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. It only lasted one season. I enjoyed this series. It starred Ben Vereen and Jeff Goldblum as a mismatched set of private detectives. Okay. And it was very entertaining. Ben Vereen played a guy who had to sort of participate in the justice system because he was a uh, convict and he was on uh, release if he would do some good in the yeah. world. And uh, Jeff Goldblum played a, a private detective. So anyway, that didn't that wasn't very successful and lasted one season. But later on in the 80s, when Cannell was cranking out hits, I mean, at the time, he had Greatest American Hero in the air and A-Team. I mean, he was pretty much He's a hit. He's the one with the logo where you threw up the paper and it fell it down. It came, uh, yeah, came out of the typewriter. typewriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he came up with an idea that's basically a ripoff of himself. This is a, a watered-down form of the same basic premise behind 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. Started airing in 1983, lasted all the way through till 1986. Jason called in asking for today's theme song. Hey, Ralph, this is Jason McCauley, three-star in Sherman Oaks. Originally from, where was I from originally? Where? Oh, that's right, Philadelphia. Oh. Um, I was calling to see about um, TV Tunes Tuesday. I'd love to hear the theme song or both theme songs for Hardcastle and McCormick. Thanks, Ralph. Hope all is well. Bye. Hardcastle and McCormick. Oh, wow. I forgot about that show. Did you watch? Yes, Hard I did. I loved Hardcastle and McCormick. I watched that show all the time. This story wow. was Brian Keith as an old judge named Milton C. Hardcastle. And he was. He was Hardcastle. <laughs> oh, my God. He was a retired judge who went back and looked over his long career and realized there were about 200 different offenders who got off on technicalities yeah. in his courtroom. And so he was going to go out like the Lone Ranger and bring these people to justice. And he teamed up with a young former race car driver slash ex-con. That's how high concept the show was. <laughs> named Mark Skid McCormick, played by Skid. Daniel Hugh Kelly. And uh, Skid got in trouble because he stole an experimental race car called the Coyote X. And the Coyote X <laughs> was this super-powered race car. And so he was convicted, but but Hardcastle says, if you will be my sidekick on my mission for justice, you'll stay out of jail, and you get to keep the Coyote <laughs> X, and you can drive around it. And that became like their Batmobile. Oh, yeah. It was wow. such a ridiculously 80s concept. I totally forgot about that show. Oh, it was spectacular. That car, the Coyote X. Oh, so good. Man, that's a beautiful ride. It's a judge going around. Tracking people Fighting down. crime. An ex-judge. <laughs> An ex-judge. But he was like burly and cranky. And then Skid was sort of good looking, very Hasselhoff-esque. Yeah. And you have to remember, this was the, the, the time of Knight Rider. Yeah. And this guy looked a lot like Hasselhoff. And he had the souped up car as well. Amazing. So it was a slash between, I don't know, Columbo meets Knight Rider. So it was good. It was insane. Anyway, it was very entertaining. So when they went to get a TV theme for it, they went back to uh, Stephen J. Cannell's old pal, Mike Post, who he'd been working with, hell, since the uh, Rockford Files days. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Mike Post and Stephen Gare wrote a song sung by David Morgan entitled Drive. And basically the opening to Hardcastle McCormick, after the very A-Team-esque sort of explanation of exactly what the show was about, mm -hmm. is just this car <laughs> jumping over stuff and driving around. <laughs> Here is the original theme for Hardcastle and McCormick, Drive. Milton C. Hardcastle is a retired judge from the Los Angeles Superior Court. Mark McCormick, an ex-race car driver turned thief, was Hardcastle's last case. McCormick has been placed in the judge's custody, and together they're going after 200 cases that walked out of Hardcastle's courtroom on technicalities. 
That is an entire song. <laughs> it's a long song. For the beginning of a TV series. <laughs> that's the actual length of the intro. Wow, that's insane. That's something you would heard on the radio in the 1980s <laughs> or in like a montage training sequence for yeah, a Stallone film. Not the beginning of a TV show. If Rocky was a, a race car driver, that's what you would hear <laughs> as he was preparing for the big race. So in the second season, here's a little interesting uh, turn of fortune. The other series that Cannell had on ABC at the time was Greatest American Hero. Uh And so Joey Scarborough has a top 10 hit with Believe It or Not. I'm flying on air, right? So for the second season, they say to Mike Post, can you write a new song that Joey Scarborough can sing so we can have a hit based on our show as well? Yeah. So they trash the first theme song and they bring (laughs) back this one. Here's Joey Scarborough's second theme season for Hardcastle and McCormick. Yeah, so everyone hated that one. <laughs> it's a sitcom opening. Exactly. A has sitcom has opening. no vibe for <laughs> a hard scrabble ex judge busting ass oh. and his and skid right there with him. So everyone, <laughs> Well, you bust ass, you're gonna skid. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> so everyone hates it, and twelve episodes in, the fans are nuts, the network is nuts, they shit can it and they bring back the old <laughs> The old theme I song see why. for Hardcastle and McCormick. So there you go. The uh, the tale of two themes for Hardcastle <laughs> and McCormick, a show that you may have watched, or if you're like Eddie Pence, you watched and then completely forgot that I you totally had ever watched I totally forgot about it. that show. Yeah, so much fun. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for the suggestion. That was today's TV Tunes Tuesday. 
Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph like that one yeah you do uh i realized i said uh, joey scarborough uh, it's actually scarbury is the name scarbury. of the guy who sang that i was right. thinking of joe scarborough who's on morning joe morning joe yeah <laughs> i had a brain cramp so no need to send me an email or too late they're already call, sent. Or call in for the ralph report hotline or tweet me or smoke signals i've corrected myself mm, too late consider me corrected all right now it's time for my chat with my buddy kevin smith as i mentioned he has a very successful mini sitcom he's starring in on tbs tonight during a celebrity show off also Babel is back today and if you want to hear a good decade's worth of hollywood babylon and you're a four-star general as of yesterday that's now available to you today uh, as well so much to talk about here's my chat with kevin smith what a huge get for me to get the star of that brand new smash hit sitcom, Son in Lockdown. It is star creator, Mr. Kevin Smith. Hello, sir. Uh, thank you for the generous intro. I, I, I don't know if it's a smash hit, but I'll tell you this much. We are literally the only sitcom currently shooting in all of Hollywood. <laughs> if I could go back in time and tell little boy Kevin Smith, who sat there watching Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy that one day he would be a modern day Gary Marshall with the only show in town. He'd never believe it. It's amazing. You're sort of the modern day Tom Bosley, too, because you're the star of it. That's right, man. I'm, I'm, I tend to go for a more of a Ralph Cramden dad approach. <laughs> Listen, we haven't had a chance to talk on this show anyway about uh, the success of that. But Celebrity Show Off is just uh, you're the king over there, man. It's been a, a really uh, fun run, man. I, I, it, it, when they reached out, uh, the premise was pretty simple. They were like, you do a to-the-camera type show like everybody else is doing, like where you're hosting something, you know, which I, I, we already do at that Kevin Smith Club with Wake and Bake. So I was like, oh, maybe there's a play here to tie these two together. And that was the lazy marketer in me who was just like, oh, this is <laughs> something I could sell. And then I was like, well, wait a second. This is a real opportunity. Like, you know, you're, they're, they're letting you do whatever you want. There's no, like, you got to do it forever. Like, you'll probably get thrown off in a few episodes. And the premise is, like, you got to shoot the show in your house because we can't go out and stuff. So I was like, well, maybe I can, like, shoot a little sitcom with the family. Like, make it fun while we're raising money for charity. That was the chief reason we did it. Like, the, all the money we raised they give to charity and i was like all right and we picked uh, the national black justice coalition so i figured like this is win-win even if there were people out there that were like ew this is stupid why would you do this like there's always people that shit on decisions i make and things that i, I pursue but i felt like you know the charity angle and the fact that like hey they asked me and i'm, I'm doing it with my family to be fair and frank uh, they did not the show was not called celebrity show off it was called my little television it was based on a uh korean format the same people that do the mass singer over there or uh, is the same people that created my little television from what i understand and you know i i was like that's cute uh, they changed it to celebrity show off and to be honest like if you know, somebody said, hey, do you want to be on Celebrity Anything? <laughs> I instantly, you know, would have said, no, just that's my aversion to it. Not that I hate celebrities. I just don't consider myself one. 
But, you know, they changed the title right before we went. And so I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. And I honestly felt like we'd be off by the second week or something like that. Because they they couldn't, they didn't tell us who was joining, um, like who else, who were the competitors and whatnot. But, um, you know, it, it just, it, like there was, I guess, one that didn't, like maybe it was used as an example. Maybe it wasn't really in the running. But, you know, the idea was, uh, uh, like uh, imagine if Peyton Manning had a, a little art show called Peyton Manning. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's clever. Like, you know, that, I could see people voting for that and stuff. So for me, I was like, you know, my sitcom idea will only go so far and then we'll get booted for something cool like that. But so far we've been able to stay on, man. And, and this is a head of it. We last night, we just shot the short for week seven. Yeah. Week seven. If we make it that far, they want you to be like one ahead. So there's a chance like, well, we shoot another uh, celebrity show off stage show. Like we we're all in competition stuff on Thursday. So there's a chance that if I get kicked off, nobody sees the next short that I made. But if I get to stay on, then they want to have one ready to go. Gotcha. So, you know, I, I've been having a, a blast with it, man. And like, you know, I, I thought the kid would be like, stop dragging me into your fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> like, you know, I want a career of my own, but we're the only game in town. Like, you know, there's like, she's been locked down with me as well. And she had a TV show that she was supposed to go shooting and, you know, they've put it on hiatus or whatever, put it on hold because of COVID and whatnot. So the, I think the key to her heart though, was like, I was like, Oh, it stars, you know, me and your boyfriend. So Austin, her boyfriend literally has been living with us since the quarantine began. And he's a lovely kid and we all dig him. But I was like, you know, what if he was the nightmare kid and stuff? And so I, I think Austin enjoys doing it. And because of that, the kid enjoys doing it. And then, like, the kid loves that her nan and pop are in it, all weird shit and whatnot. As long as, like, I don't feel like I'm dragging anybody into it. You know, Jennifer, of course, you can't keep her from it. She loves doing <laughs> it. Um, and me, I'm like, uh, it's easy because I'm writing it and I'm only writing to what I could like perform and that's all it is it's a performance like at one point the kids are real actors right like trained and fucking stella adler and they take their craft seriously and you know by the third episode we were having a conversation and they were like it's a different kind of acting isn't it i was like this isn't acting at all acting is where you <laughs> feel something and and you will create a real emotion you try to seem realistic i was like this is performance everything is like you're performing it like we're, you know, there's an audience, like we're on a stage or something. I was like, this isn't acting at all. I guess it's a different kind of performance. Yes. But like, you know, trust me, this ain't acting. If I'm doing it, it's not acting. So they've enjoyed it as this weird, like, uh, oh, what a fun exercise, you know, in, in how nobody acts anymore. You know, I'm like, but they used to do this on sitcoms all the time. And these kids were raised on the office. So, you know, and, and, uh, shows like that. So it, the, it's, it's so laid back. There's no laugh track. Nobody's delivering a punchline. It's all found comedy, you know, with a, with a lens that zooms in and out and people look down the barrel and stuff like that. So what we're doing, you know, to me is second nature because this is the kind of show I grew up watching. 
she and Austin didn't like they don't watch this kind of thing. They haven't grown up with this kind of thing. So it's so foreign to them, which to me is fun to watch, like watch them try to get their like, why do I say it like that? And I'm like, because that's the obvious punchline, like you're hitting this note. And to be fair, they don't fight it like they're like, all right. But it's it's been this quasi education into all my influences, the shit I grew up watching that most of us that you and I grew up watching. Most of your audience grew up watching. You're you're helping them find their inner Urkel. A little bit, man. And you know what? There's nothing wrong. They may curse me like two or five years from now when the, you know, the COVID has finally passed and they sort of try to go back to work and people are like, weren't you on that TBS thing? But right now, everybody's like enjoying the hell out of it. I do love how it's sort of a uh, homage to those shows like Full House and that whole uh, Thank God It's Friday lineup on ABC. It's got a real retro vibe to it. That, that has almost everything to do with um, our editor, uh, Jamie. They gave us uh, this editor over there, the production company that makes Celebrity Show Off for TBS. And, uh, you know, Jamie uh, found that piece of music, which sounds like the, like, da, 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 da. it just sounds like the opening of a TGIF show. And so, you know, she was like, this is how it occurs to me. Like, and I was like, oh my God, like, that is kind of, perfect like the original title card looked more like the clerk's title card just white letters on a black background and then based on that song it was like oh, let's find like a opening credit thing that feels like what this is like a fucking sitcom throwback so uh, she helps establish the tone early on and she's a whiz with music like you know i hand her a script she enjoys working on the thing because uh, I hand her a script and, uh, you know, like this, these are the bullet points. These are the things. But, and, and I hand her nine pieces of footage to cut together. So it's kind of like uh, an easy gig. And, and then when there's a full cut, then I could go through it with her like an editor and just give her like in and out cuts and stuff like that. So where she gets to really be creative is in the music. And every week, like, I geek out because I watched the, the thing put together and I'm like, Oh my God, like the music totally makes it. And that's her. So it's a, it's a real like collaborative effort. And, and she helped nudge it into more like, let's, let's just embrace what we are as a sitcom. Again, like I never thought we'd go past two episodes. So like the fact that it's like, all right, what is a sitcom? It's just repetition of the premise over and over and over again with different <laughs> jokes. So I'm like, well, I mean, when they're not asking us to deliver half hours. Like, it was only like five to six minutes. So, you know, let, let's keep going with it. And it's it's been a blast, man. And, you know, like last week, I got to put all my podcast pals on it. Like you were on it and Scott and Andy and Mark and, and Jason and stuff. Jason plays like practically the wacky neighbor. He's been in almost every episode and stuff. He's our, our Kramer. He's truly the Urkel. He's, he's found his place. <laughs> <laughs> in life and in, in TV. Well, speaking of throwbacks, I guess we should tell people that uh, Babylon's returning as well. A lot of people have been asking for it and we're bringing them a, well, sort of version of Babel today. Uh, we absolutely are. And it comes on the heels of, I understand the Babel library is finally like up and running, right? Yes, we finally worked out the uh, mechanics behind it, and now all the four-star generals of the Garmy who subscribe to this program have access to a 10-year back catalog of Hollywood Babylon episodes. 
Isn't that amazing? Aren't we coming up on the 10 year anniversary show? Yeah, uh, late August, early September. I gotta, I gotta find, find the actual date, but it's coming up to this, the end of the summer. Pinpoint that because uh, that's uh, that is a potential drive-in gig. You know, I'm doing a drive-in gig for my 50th birthday. Um, it's going to be on August 3rd. We're doing it at the Paramount uh, Drive-In. I think tickets are on sale at the MoviesPopUp.com address. Um, and it's yeah, we're going to show Jane Silent Bob reboot, and then uh, afterwards I'm going to do a Q&A. Everybody's safely in their cars and stuff like that, and. I just get, you know me, I can't let my birthday go by <laughs> without, without show. <laughs> yes, let alone my 50th. I'm like, oh my Lord. So I feel like out here, like our audience is strong enough to do the same thing. We could do a 10 year anniversary show at the drive-in out here. Um, you know, right now, this birthday show will be an absolute test for it. If everything goes copacetic, um, we could go back and do Babylon. So that's me and you up front uh, by the big screen and then they project us onto the big screen and everybody in their cars. What a surreal experience that would be. That would be a great way to celebrate 10 years for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like our show is Hollywood Babylon for Christ's sakes to have a 10 year anniversary show in a drive-in feels very on brand. All right. We'll, we'll get we to work on that. Yes, but meantime, uh, Hollywood Babylon, we've uh, returned to uh, Ralph fought it like a mule for so long. Tell him why. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we talk about this on the show a little bit, but I've always felt that Babylon is a very specific animal and it kind of lives in front of a live audience. And that's what it's always been. And doing it, these other versions that we've kind of played around with, it just feels, I don't know, less than somehow. It feels a little anemic to me. And my point is always that the audience particularly the audience that's in the Garmy, uh, will listen to us, like, just talk to each other. They're not necessarily there for the live show, although that's what the show had, has largely always been. But they'll, they love it when we go home and we just sit there and talk to each other. So, you know, Ralph has been hesitant about uh, doing Babylon, and then we found a way to kind of uh, combine Babylon with something Ralph has always wanted to do, like running commentary tracks for every episode of the Batman television show. Um, yes. And we talked about doing this for three years, like talking, doing commentary tracks, doing movie podcasts. Um, and so finally, I was like, you, you stubborn ass mule in a world where <laughs> you won't do what's right at least do what's uh what's easy and so uh you know i was like this is our chance to have that you know podcast where we actually sit there and deep dive on on batman plus you know it gives us we'll we'll be deep diving on the show but it will also lend itself to lots of humor but having done uh the first episode with ralph uh i you know i can attest to the fact that my god which you know people can go listen to right now it's dropping uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, Ralph is a font of information. Like it's not just like goofy Batman jokes and stuff like that. It's like it, it's if you're a trivia hound, you know, it's pornography. Uh, <laughs> listening to all the details that he knows about, and so much so that you could watch it, you know, side by side as a commentary track with the episodes of Batman. Or you can just like listen to it without the episodes and you're still equally as entertaining. There's never a dead spot. There's not like we go quiet 
for a minute because we're watching something. It's just nonstop conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, Ralph drops these cocktail party bon mots about like, well, you know, Adam West, uh, his, his penis was approximately <laughs> eight and a half inches. All How the shit you. that you've ever wanted to know. <laughs> Yeah, that's out now. People can listen. Again, uh, four-star generals, if you want to hear 10 years worth of Babylon, that is now accessible to you. And tonight on TBS, Celebrity Show Off, Kevin Smith, his dreams come true. He gets to do a TV show from his house. What could be better for you? Oh, my Lord. Are you kidding me? Like yesterday, uh, the episode we shot, I, I rolled out of bed. Um, I put on a robe and that was my outfit for the whole day for the shoot. <laughs> it, it was so beautiful, man. I, I you know, I, I told, I was going to sleep last night and I was telling my wife, I was like, we got to cherish this, man. Like this is breathing rare air and it's going to end. But like, it was so, it went way longer than we thought it would, but it's been fun. That's your, your total Hollywood dream was to have the world come to you. And now it's, it's come to pass. I, I get always variations of a Hollywood dream, right? Where they're like, look, you're you're not gonna have uh Chuck Lorre sitcom success, but you know, uh, you're gonna be the king of five minute sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it, right? Totally. Oh, better than better than nothing. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. I'll see you later on this week as we record episode two of the Caped Commentaries for Hollywood Babylon. And uh, you know, I love you, right, buddy? I love you as well, man. Can't wait to see you. It's going to be fun. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. And Kevin and I will keep you posted on his pipe dream of doing a 10-year Babel celebratory show at a drive-in theater. Oh, that'll be fun. That's what he wants to do. Wow. So we'll see. Pasadena Rose Bowl. Yeah, we'll they're do doing, it at the Rose Bowl. They're doing shows there. No, at the flea market, though, the, yeah. Right, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right know, outside I, can't, I can't fill the Rose Bowl, for God's sakes. <laughs> just, we're just, it's just Babylon. It's not the reunion of the Bengals. <laughs> Say it is, and then just show no, up. Oh, that's a good idea. A lot of disappointed people in the audience. That's what you went for a comedy show. <laughs> All right, come on back tomorrow, boys and girls. We're going to have a good time. More entertainment news, more of you as well. And also, of course, on Wednesdays, don't forget, we um, we do um, on Wednesdays, there's a, th I know, we, one hit wonder. You're we're going to take a smash hit song and we're going to tell you all about it. And the artist who is never quite capable of achieving that level of success again, that's tomorrow's show. I want you to come back, but in order to do so, you got to stay safe. So don't forget. Stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands real good. Stay good in the hood. And always. Stay swell. Give them hell, buddy. Until tomorrow. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>